0: And Jared, if you'll go ahead and come forward, I'd like to introduce to you uh, this week's community voice speaker, Jared Pilot. Jared, Jordan, and uh, their three beautiful girls moved back to the area last year this time, right? And um, moved back from Tuscaloosa, where Jared had been uh, in student ministry for 10 years um, as the area director for Young Life. So... Uh, as I said at eight, he's he's very used to speaking to a room full of uh, teenagers, so put your most youthful look on your face, <laughs> and he'll bring it. Um, Jared and Jordan uh, have a gift of hospitality. They also have a very big heart for not just their own family, but for helping other families to live in the way of Jesus. And so I... I am so encouraged by my friendship with Jared. I think that you'll find uh, as you leave here today that you are encouraged as well. Jared, thank you for being here. Thank you.
1: Thanks. All right. Well, good morning, church. I have a deep sense of gratitude uh, being here with you today. A sense of gratitude for kind of where the Lord and how the Lord has brought me to this place. But I will say too, it's a sense of gratitude mixed with a touch of nervousness. So claim it, step over it, and let me pray for us. Pray with me. Lord, I ask you to be with us in this place and time. Be with me and those in this church that we may be encouraged together. Lord, be with me as I share my heart with the church today. Amen. Uh, this morning, I want to do a few things. I want to share and lift Jesus up. I want to share a little bit of my story. Um, I want to um, dive into Scripture together, and I want to encourage us as a church together. This morning, I want to talk to you about the parable of the sower in Matthew 13 that we just heard Dan read. Uh, But before I do that, I want to introduce myself in a little bit more depth for the benefit of those that may not know me as well. I grew up in this community, and uh, when I think about my spiritual upbringing, I think about just an amazing—I was so blessed to have not only my family— Many of them are here today, but uh, also just these great men and women around me um, who kind of drew me into a deeper walk with Christ, into this good soil. Um, And I am just really, really grateful for that. Uh, Two of those people were my Young Life leaders, uh, Frank Brown and Mark Wilson, who both have a long history here at Church of the Apostles, um, which is just really fun. And I remember going to some of those Young Life Clubs in high school at Robert and Ruth Sewell's house, uh, right through the woods there, uh, which is, again, just a fun connection as we've come back. And so um, I went to college where I met my bride, Jordan, and we married shortly thereafter, college. And uh, in that, we embarked on a journey of uh, full-time ministry where I was on Young Life staff for 13 years, spent the last 10 years, decade in Tuscaloosa, as Gabe said, and loved our time there. Um, We had three wonderful kids there, and I'm blessed to be the father of Grace, Sadie, and Susanna. Um, A year ago, my family did a big thing we kind of felt the Lord calling us into something new. Kind of in a new place, it turned out that that would lead us home. That would lead us here to the eastern shore. Um, And we quickly found Church of the Apostles. And we've been so blessed to call Coda our home for the last about a year now. And so now I, I do want to turn and kind of look at our scripture in Matthew 13, Jesus shares a parable about four different kinds of soil. He relates these soils to our effectiveness in hearing and living into the way of Jesus. I think it's important to understand that Jesus is describing four different postures and levels of willingness. We have to hear, feel, see, and follow Jesus. Maybe you identify with one More than the other. Maybe you go back and forth like I feel like I do at times. Um, Maybe you struggle with one more than another. For me, when I read this, of course, I want to be that fourth soil, the good soil, Um, because I want to be the soil that hears, receives, and bears fruit a hundredfold, or 60, or I would be happy with 30. but this can be hard, can it? If I were honest with you, I struggle and resonate with seeing myself as that second example, the rocky soil. The message uh, version of the Bible describes rocky soil this way. It says the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. I, I can do that. And so when emotion wears off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it ouch. But I, I resonate with that. I think it's a real thing. Um, can anyone else resonate with that here? I can get excited about things. I can maybe have that mountaintop experience. But when things get tough, I can doubt and I can kind of wither. Um. I've come to know that having a joyful experience and an emotional high is not the same thing as having roots. I need roots. Um, And for me, having roots is a big, vital part of that, is a spiritual community that comes around me, loves me, and encourages me, supports me, challenges me, I think CODA is that for a lot of us and can be even more. That's my prayer for you and for me. And I think it's perfectly positioned to be that. On the other hand, the seed may be falling among the thorns, this third type of soil it talks about. Uh, this resonates more with my wife, Jordan, um, she said that uh, this, that as much as her soul longs to be good soil, it's all too easy for her to be made unfruitful by, quote, the worries of this life. She knows she is sacrificing good soil when she lets, lets her to-do list and her worldly goals come before her time with Jesus. But now I want to move to that fourth type of soil, that soil good soil that it talks about. That's where I want to focus. uh, To reread verse 23 just for us here is it says, as for what is sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold in another 60 and in another 30. When our hearts and lives are living in this good soil, This is the place where Jesus takes root, and when he does, we do not waver. Although we're never promised that that would be easy. Um, In fact, the easy way out here is to do nothing. It takes really no effort to follow the ways of the world. Be idle, take life as it comes, and you'll find it, or it'll find you. Um, But it takes real effort, intentionality, and community around us to live in a different way, the way of Jesus and the way life was intended to be. So how do we do this? I am by no means a subject expert. I don't have uh, uh, the, the perfect path for you or whatever, but what I do have is my own life. And I do have my own experiences. And so if it's okay. I'd love to share some things that especially in the last probably five years or so for me and for my family have been really um, life-giving, drawing us into this deeper walk with Christ. So this is what helps me become that good soil. Number one, slowing down. If I had to tell you one thing I did to grow my relationship with Jesus the last five years, it would be this. I have been on a journey of slowing down. Uh, Dallas Willard, who's this great philosopher and teacher, um, had this great quote many years ago when he told someone, somebody asked him this question, kind of asked him this question. They said, what do I need to do to become the me I want to be? That's what we want. What do we need to do to become the me I want to be? Uh, Dallas took a moment of pause and he said this Ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your life. Took another pause and he said, There's nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Uh, Now, this has become uh, the title of a book uh, by a pastor who's been really kind of deeply influential to Jordan and I these last several years, uh, named John Mark Comer. He wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Some of y'all may have read it. If not, I would encourage you to go get the book. He does a masterful job of tackling a subject that is really vital in our world today. The second for, uh, for me, for us, my family, is Sabbath. A few years ago, we, we kind of really decided to get serious about this, to take uh, a 24-hour period where we unplug and rest, that, that a full day where we center our lives around these four themes, stop, rest, delight, and worship. Um, I do want to say we don't do it perfect, <laughs> We go and, travel and we travel and it's hard. But man, when we do, it is so life-giving. Uh, next, scripture. Read it. Spend time in it. I'm not going to sit here and suggest a certain devotional or a way to engage scripture. Uh, there's a lot of great folks that could kind of help you in that. But what I will say is this, that it is helpful for me when I have a time in Scripture myself and walking alongside Scripture with people, like minded believers, who we can kind of spur each other on, lift each other up in Scripture. Um, next is prayer. I'll simply say that it is such a vital part of walking with Jesus. A good friend of mine summed up prayer to me recently with this definition. I really like it. Um, He said, prayer is spending time with the one who adores you. Prayer is spending time with the one who adores you. I like that. I, I could do more of that. Maybe good books or podcasts are good and helpful for you. Those are great things. But a lot of the time, sometimes I just need to look, watch, be aware and pay attention to the world around me. I will see Christ in this. I know for a lot of us, for me, a lot of times it's nature. I was driving here this morning. I live kind of on the other side of Fairhope and was driving here this morning, came down Scenic 98 and the trees and just the natural beauty of the place we live is really something amazing and easy to miss. Um, but I want to see Christ in that. Maybe it's a small comment of a friend. Um, the little things have drawn me into deeper soil. Uh, Next, I would say this. Find people who make you laugh and spend time with them. Uh, I love this quote. uh, Laughter opens the heart so that love can enter in. Uh, As I mentioned, I spent quite a bit of time of my life up to this point on Young Life staff, and I saw directly laughter opening the heart and letting love in, breaking down those walls—it just works. So I like to be around people that laugh and laugh with me. Uh, C.S. Lewis also has this great quote that I: "Joy is the serious business of heaven." I think I know that's true. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Next, find some people to be vulnerable and open with. Easy to say. Much harder to do. Um, But I think as believers, as folks who are walking towards Jesus, get drawn into this, we need to find people who we are vulnerable and we can be open with. And I think a lot of times that takes us taking that step towards that. It might not just find you. Become an encourager and be encouraged. Uh, My wife, Jordan, she's a great encourager. She'll find and see things in people and uh, encourage them and draw out so that they feel cared for and valued. I really love that about her. It's an amazing uh, gift that she has. Um, for me to be drawn a lot of times, it's just the practice of spending uninterrupted time with my kids and family in Jordan. That to me is good soil. And I have to work hard to do that. But that is good soil. Uh, lastly on my little list here is uh, be aware of the things that have a hold on you that you need to say no to or limit. I say that, I'm sure you have something comes to your mind. Uh, that, that is very appropriate. Maybe lean into that. I, I would say for me, um, the last few years have really just had a lot of questions around, like, my relationship to technology, screens, smartphones, the distraction that brings in my life, coupled right in with kind of the social media and everything that that is doing. It just seems to be not life-giving to me in the end. So I don't have the perfect uh, uh, recipe uh, to engage that. We have to engage that at some level, but I would just say it's, it's good to be aware. Um, And maybe talk that out with those people that I was talking about. And then maybe it's certain people that just are not life-giving. And you might need to watch kind of your interaction with them. And so now uh, maybe transition over to less personal me to like, how do we live this out as a church together? Um, Ways that we can be a place that draws people into this good soil. I think we love one another well. May we be a church that is genuinely for one another. Let CODA be a place to process. A safe and life-giving place for people to bring their true selves, who they are, where they are, what they're going to, going through, and process their life. Those places are very few and far between. May we be that for each other. May we hold each other in joy and in sorrow. Um, I think about the the grief gatherings that Father Mark holds. I'm so grateful that our church offers this for people. It's a really rare gift that we have. Um, May we be a place for people to belong. This is a big one for us. For so the pilot family, um, a year ago we we left Tuscaloosa and we we moved uh, back to the eastern, moved to the eastern shore. The rest of my family moved for the first time to the eastern shore, and uh, we, we kind of changed everything, right? And and when we showed up, we visited church, uh, Coda for the first time, and came in, and we just were welcomed, and it was warm, and Jordan and I just had this sense of peace and welcoming. Uh, my kids went to Godly Play and and, and, and kind of did that. And then after church, we we'd get in the car and we're leaving. And I said, what do y'all think? And they said, we loved it. Can we go to church there? And here we are. And uh, I, um, I, I hope that uh, we can keep that spirit and grow that as a church. Um, as a church, may we lean into the amazing gift we have at CODA of having so many different generations and stages of life represented in this church from the younger singles and, ma- and young families to the more mature crowd out there. Um, Amen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I, that is really a gift. That if if leaned in too well, I just think, man, the Lord can do some pretty amazing things in that. Um, May we be for one another and be willing to jump in and help one another. Kind of alongside that multi-generational thing. I I would say, selfishly for me, this is somebody with uh, a family of young kids. There's a lot of us here at this church that have young kids. I don't know if you've seen. Um, But we need help. We need physical help. We need wisdom. We need um, your experience. We need you with us. Um, I I just had this vision of when church is let out and the kids just assault the snack table. That's what our homes are like every day. And so we need your help. We need to be there for and with one another. Uh, lastly, I want to turn to the last verse of our scripture and just talk a little bit about verse 23. It says in our ESV that as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another 60, another 30, If we are living into good soil, then we are called to and will produce fruit. I love how the message uh, version says this at the end. It says, and then he produces a harvest beyond his wildest imagination, his wildest dreams. He produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. The mark of good soil is that it produces fruit. We're called to follow Jesus, and we're called to do this together. And together, we can and will bear fruit beyond our wildest dreams. This good soil helps us live in uh, to what John 10.10 calls life, life abundant. If we're people who are following Jesus and bearing fruit, I think we'll be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. These are things to notice in ourselves and in others and call out and encourage Galatians uh, 5 tells us the fruits of the Spirit are this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to live a life that produces a fruit of the Spirit kind of life, and I want to do that alongside other people. My prayer is that this church is a place that draws people into deep waters, into good soil, and that you may live a more Christ centered and fruitful life because you're in this church with these people. So, friends, know this there is great hope in Jesus. There is great hope in doing this together. It is not flashy and it is not quick. This is more of the deep, long, slow work of Christ. It's more of a long obedience in the same direction. And this is what I want for my life, and that's what I look forward to living alongside all of you. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Lord, we're grateful for your presence with us today. Be with us as we go from here. Amen. Amen.